0: In the name of the Father, the Son, in the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation this morning. My name is Father Ed Broom, OMB, Oblade of the Virgin Mary. And as always, we'd like to start off our conversation by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary is the mother of God, Mary is the mother of the church. Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. And as we pray the Hail Holy Queen, we also invoke Mary in the Hail Holy Queen as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's start off our day by asking... Mary to be with us, to walk with us, to pray with us, and to bring us closer to Christ. So we pray the prayer that Mary loves most, and that prayer is the Hail Mary. Together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And bless the fruit of the of Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now we'd like to invite to be with us our spiritual director. Our spiritual director is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has many wonderful titles. Holy Spirit is known as the Paraclete. He's also known as the Gift of Gifts. Holy Spirit is also known as the sanctifier. He's also known as our counselor. He's also known as our consoler. Holy Spirit is also known as our interior master or teacher. Saint Paul reminds us in his writings, especially in his writing to the church at Rome that we really don't know how to pray as we ought but the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so we can say Abba. Abba which means daddy or father So let's turn to the Holy Spirit and beg our interior master, our guide, our counselor, the sweet guest of our soul, to illuminate our mind with the light of God's truth, to set our hearts on the fire
1: for the love of God. As we pray. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit. They shall be created. Thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful, By the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise
0: and ever rejoice in His consolation through the same
1: Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Well, Lady Guadalupe, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, Pray for us. St. Louis of France. Pray for us.
0: St. Joseph of Pray for us. All God's angels
1: and saints. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen.
0: So we welcome you to our Perseverance Family conversation, and after having prayed together with you, then I'd like to encourage you by...
1: praying for you in the Holy
0: Sacrifice of the Mass. That is by far the greatest of all prayers, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And I'd like to place all of you on the altar
1: and offer these following intentions. The
0: first, I'd like to pray that all of us would try to be open to the presence and the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps we can say this prayer during the course of the day.
1: Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come. To the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come to the heart of Mary. My
0: next intention, I'd like to pray for our families. I'd like to pray for Jeff's mother, Daisy Sophia Reyes like to pray for families, for those who have passed from this life to the next. But also I'd like to pray in a special way for our families
1: and the following tensions. For the conversion of our family members.
0: The sanctification of our family members
1: and the salvation of our family members. Our
0: Lord and Savior Jesus Christ said this, What would it profit a man if he gains the whole world and he loses his soul? What can we exchange for our immortal soul? In my... Next intention with you is I'd like to pray in a special way for the dying. Throughout the world today, many people will be called from this life to the next and they'll, they'll be passing away within the next 24 hours. God knows who they are, where they are, and when they will pass from this life to the
1: next. Like to pray for their salvation,
0: that through our prayers, our intentions, our sacrifices, our rosaries our our communions at mass that those who will die
1: will they will be saved. So there we have it, my friends now.
0: Today we have the, we have actually two saints, and I'd like to connect one of the saints with the the gospel for today. Actually, today the church celebrates two saints, St. Joseph Calasans who's instrumental in working for
1: the young people, kind of like St. John Bosco. Then we have another saint, whose name is St. Louis of France. I
0: like, like to connect the life of St. Louis to France with the gospel for today. So, I'd like to summarize the gospel for today and make a make a uh, direct connection with the saint we celebrate today and what he left as a patrimony
1: to his son. So, the
0: context of the gospel is that. Jesus silenced the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And as a result of this, they're angry, they're jealous, they're envious, and the Pharisees and Sadducees, they're looking, they're looking for an opportunity to trap our Lord in His speech. And if they can do this, then they'll have a cause to condemn him. And their hope was to put him to death.
1: So the Lord silences the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They gather together to see what they can do to test him, to put him to the test, to trip him up. And the, uh,
0: the scholar of the law asks our Lord, which is the greatest of all the commandments? And our Lord responds by quoting one of the passages of the Old Testament, the great Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. Then our Lord says, and the second commandment is, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, the whole of the law and the prophets are summed up in those two commandments. So the essence of the gospel today
1: is the greatest of all virtues and that is love or charity. We should pray for the
0: grace today to make a concerted effort to grow in our, our our knowledge and our love for God all the days of our life. St. Ignatius of Loyola, and I mention him very often, he invites us to beg for this grace when we're contemplating the life of our Lord. He says, we should beg for intimate knowledge of the Lord, that we love Him more ardently and we follow Him more closely. What a beautiful grace. Maybe we can start to beg for that grace today. Intimate knowledge of the Lord, that we love Him more ardently and we follow Him more closely. St Thomas Aquinas, the Angelic doctor of the Church,
1: at the end of his life, after having written so
0: beautifully on almost everything about the Catholic Church, and especially the Summa Theologica, his theological masterpiece. Jesus appeared to Aquinas. He was on the cross and he said, Thomas, you have written well. You've written well. What would you like for me? And Thomas Aquinas says, said, Lord, grant me the grace to love you more and more each day. We should beg for that grace too. Beg for the grace to love our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, more and more each day. St. John of the Cross, the mystical doctor of the Church, says this. In Spanish it's very poetic. In el ocaso de nuestra existencia seremos juzgados sobre el amor. In the twilight of our existence we will be judged on love. Saint Augustine says, O Lord, you have made our hearts for thee, and our hearts are restless until they rest in thee, and the heart is symbol of love. The same saint will go on to say Love God and do whatever you want. Then so we've got Saint Francis Saint Francis de Sales who wrote Introduction to the Devout Life. Then St. Francis Sales, my friends, also wrote what is called Treatise on Love. This great saint, he can summarize that Treatise on Love with these words. The measure by which we should love God
1: is to love God without measure. And St. Paul in his letter to the Corinthians says that of all the virtues the greatest is that of love. Of all the virtues the greatest is that of love.
0: There at the Last Supper Jesus gave his last commandment to the
1: Apostles as well as to us. And he said, love one another as I have loved you. So I've set the foundation of a letter that St. Louis of France wrote to his son. It's called A Spiritual Testament to a Son by
0: St. Louis of France have as a background of this also one of the definitions that Thomas Aquinas
1: gives of love or charity. And it's this. Love or charity.
0: St. Thomas Aquinas, the angelic doctor, says that love or charity is willing the good of the other. That's a good definition, isn't it? love or charity,
1: is willing the good of the other. And what, my friends, what is the, the greatest good that we can will for another person? It's this. The greatest good we can will for another person Is his eternal salvation. If I can, okay. I found this on the web for turn off salvation. Check it out.
0: The greatest good we can will for another person
1: is to will his eternal salvation. In other words, to will that that person will go to heaven. So what I'm going to do for you today
0: is I would like with your permission to read the spiritual testament that St. Louis of France gave to his son who would succeed him in the throne. Who would succeed him in the throne? Saint Louis is living at the same time as Thomas Aquinas, Saint Francis of Assisi.
1: He is writing his last testament. Now,
0: you might even you might even think about doing this. Most of you have children. Why don't you, maybe even now, write what would be the last testament, the last words you'd like to leave for your sons and daughters? Maybe just a page, page or two. What would be the last words you'd like to leave for your children? So these are the words of it's Saint Louis of France. He's writing these words to his to his son. And he says, My dearest son, my first instruction that you should love the Lord your
1: God with all your heart and all your strength. Very interesting. That's exactly what the gospel is today. St. Louis is reiterating the gospel for today. Which is Matthew chapter 22, verse 34 to verse 40. You see,
0: that's why I talk often about the saints. Because the saints are so important for us. They can pray for us, but they give good example. As well as the saints are those who really put into practice and implement the, the Word of God? Wouldn't, that, wouldn't those be good words? Wouldn't those be beautiful words for you to leave in writing for your own children as an inheritance? So that's the first instruction or advice St. Louis gives to
1: his son who will be the future, who will be the future son. Then he says, and he says, without this there is no salvation.
0: So what St. Louis of France is making, he's making a connection between loving God. If we don't love God, we die without the love of God in our hearts, we're not going to be saved. We're going to be lost. So loving God in this life and our eternal salvation are intimately connected.
1: They're connected. And then what he's gonna say
0: almost seems as if he's he's done the spiritual exercise of Saint Ignatius, but he's living a good three hundred years before Saint Ignatius is gonna come along. He says then Keep yourself, my son, from everything that you know displeases God.
1: That is to say, from every mortal sin. So there's a connection between this letter. There's a certain logical sequence.
0: Do all you possibly can to avoid what displeases God, and what displeases God is, is sin. Many of you have done the exercises, spiritual exercises, with me during the course of the years. Saint Ignatius has a meditation on this topic, which he says we should prefer death rather than mortal sin, death rather than deliberate venial sin, and then even a willingness to undergo undergo humiliations for love of Christ. St. Dominic Savio. He wrote proposals for his first communion. He wanted Jesus to be his best friend. But then he said death rather than sin. So let's try to apply this letter to our lives. We are we, we are sinners. We're born in sin, we live as sinners, we die as sinners. Still, my friends, let's do all we possibly can to avoid sin. Let's pray for each other that we'll be able to avoid mortal enemy number one, which is sin. So let's try to avoid what displeases God and that is sin. And he goes on to say, you should Permit yourself to be tormented by every kind of martyrdom before you would allow yourself to commit a mortal sin. Strong, strong words. Undergo martyrdom
1: before committing a sin. Now, the saints live this out.
0: And the saint that occurs to me right now is a saint that you know pretty well. I think we've talked about this saint in our perseverance conversation. The name of the saint is St. Maria Goretti. Do you remember St. Maria Goretti? Do
1: any of you remember her? She, we celebrate her feast day July 6th. Do you remember how she died? Living next to her was a young man who was looking at pornography. He lusted after her and wanted to have relations with her. And she said no. And he pulled out a an ice pick, which was basically
0: a knife, and actually stabbed her 11 times in the front and 3 stabs in the back. So the saints live out live out what they're writing and teaching and preaching as we have in the letter of St James that we're explaining during the course of this week is <coughs> we should love God not simply with faith but also by good works faith without works is dead as St James will
1: point out. Faith without works is dead, as St. James will point out. After that, St. Louis,
0: in his spiritual testament to his son, says,
1: if the Lord has permitted you to have some trial, bear it
0: willingly with gratitude, considering that it has happened for your good and that perhaps you well deserved it. This week I'm giving a retreat on the letters, the letter of St. James, and today we'll have our last class on Friday. In St. James, chapter 1 starts off by saying, Basically, counted the blessing when we are assaulted by so many trials because the trials help us to grow in patience and persistence and perseverance and the
1: other virtues if we accept the trials. So, my friends, we all
0: have trials. We all have suffering. We all have crosses. We all have contradictions. We all have tough days. During the trials, make sure that you draw close to God and ask the Lord to help you. You carry the cross. Don't carry the cross by yourself. It's going to be too heavy. But rather, carry the cross. Carry the cross with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The cross can either sanctify us or can crush us. I'd like to connect this theme or topic with these words of Jesus Christ, taken from Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and following. Come to me, all of
1: you are weary. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am meek and humble of heart. For you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My friends, the nature of a yoke which is placed on
0: ox or oxen. Is that the yoke is a an apparatus that farmers will place on their beast of burden, their animals, their ox or their oxen. It's both heavy and it's
1: it's uncomfortable, unsettling. So it almost seems to be a contradiction. But what Jesus is saying is, yes, the cross is heavy and it's uncomfortable. But if you carry the cross with Christ, he helps us. He helps us. Carry the cross with Christ, he helps us to carry the cross.
0: For that reason, he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My friends, if you're just logging in, I'm connecting the gospel today where our Lord says, responding to the Pharisees and Sadducees that are trying to trip him up, they ask him, what is the greatest of all the commandments? And he says, the greatest of all the commandments is to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus says, That the whole law and the prophets depend upon these two commandments. And I'm making a parallel connection between that gospel and the saint we celebrate today. It's Saint Louis of France as well as Saint Joseph Calasans. We're seeing how the gospel today is very much related to the spiritual testament that Saint Louis is writing to his son. So we've gone through a few I a few of the ideas and we're gonna go through some other the other some of the other words of advice that Saint Louis gives to his son. <clears throat> he says that he should accept trials from the Lord. Then he goes on to say to his son, if the Lord bestows upon you any kind of prosperity, thank him humbly and see to it that you become no worse for it, either through a vain pride or anything else. Because you ought to not to oppose God or offend him in the matter of his gifts. So St. Louis is going from adversity or trials to prosperity. And you can imagine if you are a king that you probably will attain a certain amount of prosperity. But it should not be used for yourself, but for the sake of the common good. What he says right away related to God bestowing prosperity upon his son, the future king of France, is the first reaction or response to prosperity should be that of gratitude. That of gratitude. Thankfulness. Gratitude, thankfulness. We all have to cultivate in our lives, my friends, an attitude, an attitude of gratitude. My friends, I think that this is one of those, one of those social virtues that's really lacking in the modern world. is that of an attitude of gratitude. Never forget a few years ago. It was the beginning of the catechetical year. And I was visiting a class with the students. There may be about 20 of them. First communion students. So I entered in the room and I gave each one of them their catechism. <coughs> there were about twenty of them. And I never forgot that not not one of them, not one of those children that I gave their catechism to. Not one of them said, Thank you, Father. And I felt sorry, not simply for the children because they were small, but I felt a certain amount of sorrow for the parents because the parents are the first educators of the children in faith. One of the first things that the parents should teach little children is to be able to say thank you, cultivating this attitude of gratitude, to be able to say thank you. My friends, let's never allow a day to go by in our lives. In which we don't say thank you to God. Like in the words of the psalmist. Give thanks to the Lord for his good. For his mercy endures forever. The word Eucharist means thanksgiving. There's a famous writer in the Category of the Rhineland Mystics, his name was Meister Eckhart. Meister Eckhart said this if the if the only prayer that we ever said were that of Thank you, God, thanksgiving that would be enough. So let's uh, follow the advice of Saint Louis of France. Perhaps this letter is not simply for his son but the letter is for us also. And it should be something that motivates us to perhaps write our last testament to our children. You might even think about that seriously. Even though many of you are relatively young but even have it have it written way before the Lord calls us your own last testament let's proceed with our, le- our reading of the last testament of St. Louis he says listen to the divine office with pleasure and devotion. Now what he's saying is back then, we're talking about 800 years ago, the Divine Office, the Liturgy of the Hours, I have it right here. This is one of the volumes of the Liturgy of the Hours, sometimes called the Breviary. And I'm actually reading and commenting from the reading of St. Louis taken from the Liturgy of the Hours. But back 800 years ago, especially the the Benedictines, they would they would save the divine office and many of them would also They would chant the Divine Office. If you've ever gone into a Benedictine monastery or, or a Dominican contemplative monastery or Carthusian monastery, you're going to see that there are two choirs. One is on the right and one is on the left. And when there are many religious, you'd have the religious sisters that would be chanting or singing the divine office. And they'd be alternating. They should be religious nuns or religious uh, monks. So that's what he's referring to. That you'd have the Benedictines that would be chanting the office and he's saying to go there and to listen to the office chanted and basically what the office is my friends as well as uh, Carmen has pointed out the Norbertines in St. Michael's Abbey yes thank you for that comment so they'd be singing chanting the office starting with the hymn then some psalms back and forth and as uh, Julia said, very beautiful. Very beautiful. We actually do it in our church before the 8 o'clock Mass. We don't chant it, but we pray it in alternation. We've been doing this for about 20 years, if not more. So he says to, uh, to listen to the Divine Office with pleasure and devotion. This is... Uh, beautiful way to pray. Then Saint Louis says this with respect to the attitude or the posture that we should have in church. He says as long as you're in church be careful not to let your eyes wander. Wow, what a prophecy. What a prophecy. He's, uh, this is being writ- written about 800 years ago. But I think it's a good prophecy today. When you're in church, don't allow your eyes to wander. How difficult it is, my friends, when we go to church today to not be distracted. Not be distracted by the noise, by a baby crying, by a cell phone going off, By someone coming in the side door, by someone sneezing or coughing, by someone placing down the kneeling bench with a lot of noise, it's really tough. It's really a challenge. But let's accept the challenge and try as soon as we enter into the church. Mary Jo says she closes her eyes a lot. That's a good idea. Nothing wrong with closing your eyes to enter into a contemplative mode. Not a bad idea. But we should try to be recollected. This is very good advice from St. Louis of France. Don't allow your eyes to wander and not to speak empty words. There's another. There's another point of commentary and advice. Sad to say that in certain churches, Catholic churches, people come in and. they start to talk. They start to talk. And what he's pointing out to avoid empty words because once we come into the Catholic Church we're entering into holy ground remember Moses before the burning bush god said take off your sandals because you're walking on holy ground mother teresa calcutta in her convents she tells those to take off their sandals or shoes when they enter into the chapel because they're walking on holy ground and there's only a rug there. There's the altar, tabernacle, the cross. And below the cross, the words that Mother Teresa wanted, I thirst. Carmen has said, I try to sit on the front bench so as not to be distracted. That's, that's a good idea if there's space there. But we should try not to talk when we're in church, unless there's maybe an emergency. But once we enter into the church, this sacred place, we should enter into silence because we're called to enter into dialogue with God. And as Barbara points out, it's true if there's someone in silence praying to God, trying to make his or her holy hour, and we start to talk, then we're going to be interrupting that person's conversation with our Lord, who's present in the tabernacle, or perhaps he's present even in the monstrance, there on the altar itself. What do you think, my friends? What do you think, my friends? He's writing this. This last testament, my friends, he's writing in the in the twelve hundreds. This seem to be very applicable even today. As if he were writing a letter for us today to try to implement. So we say, do not speak empty words. A couple days ago I'm going through the letter of St. James. Chapter 3 in St. James is a chapter on speech, the sins of the tongue. We should pray for the grace to know to perfect the art of communication or speech. What is the purpose of speech? It's to communicate the truth with love. Do you like that definition? That's the purpose of speech. Is to communicate the purpose of speech. Everything has its purpose. The purpose of speech is to communicate the truth but with love. Yes. I repeat, that's worth memorizing. The purpose of speech is to communicate the truth. The truth but also with love. Communicate the truth with love. So he's speaking, St. Louis, about speech as does St. James. As does St. James. So proper communication. We should beg for the grace beg for the grace to the Holy Spirit to know when to speak with whom to speak what words we should be saying When to be silent. And even this. Not only is it important the words we say, which is the content, the substance of our topic of conversation. But also, even this. The tone of our voice, the tone of our voice, we should try to speak gently, softly, as they say in Spanish, suavemente. So the purpose of our communication is to communicate the truth in love. So let's, bed, let's beg the Blessed Virgin Mary to help us to communicate the truth and love. And I hope my friends that this conversation, this teaching has been helpful to all of you. I've only gotten through about half of the letter. This is called the spiritual testament to a son by St. Louis of France.
1: You might even consider doing that yourself. many of you are parents, some are even grandparents. What would you like What would you like your last words to be to your children? What would you like your last words to be to your children? Pray over that. And perhaps you can compose the last
0: 10th Testament you'd like to live to those you love most. And that would be your family
1: members, your children. And may God bless you. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you. Through the intercession of Saint Louis of France and Saint Joseph Calasanz, in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen.